Hello everybody, welcome back. It's nice to be back. This week is Parshas Ray, and we're going to begin a a four-part series, hopefully, of trying to go through different halachas of Ben Adam al Try to make focus this this year on different aspects of Ben Adam al and we'll talk about um, the halachas of this week judging favorably. Um, we'll go into Geneva's Das, we'll talk closer to Yom Kippur, we'll speak about Mechila, and um, you can also forward a request if you want a specific concept of Bin Al-Mukhaber to be discussed. So, <clears throat> the Pasuk that is the source of the mitzvah of judging people favorably is a Pasuk in Parshish Kedoshim. It says, which means judge your friend favorably. And there are two pshatim, what this means. Where Rashi, the second pshat, invokes famous statement of Perki Avis, have they done as chaverecha lekavschos, judge your friend favorably, which means lean towards chos, assuming the person is justified in their actions, rather than towards chayva, guilt, which means don't assume the person is as guilty as it might seem. And this, of course, is a mission in Perki Avis, which says, have uh, And the language of kal ha'adam is actually interesting. Kal ha'adam sounds like every single person, and, and we'll get to that. Now, this particular facet of Ben Adam L'chavere, judging favorably, is one that is specifically quoted as a schos for Yom Neroim. And we would like Hashem to judge us favorably. So if we practice this Mida, which is harder than it might seem, then we merit that Hashem does the same for us, and we'll talk a little bit more about this later. So before we go on to discuss the parameters of this obligation, we first need to determine what kind of obligation it is. Uh, after all, it says a lot of things in Perky Avis, right? And most of them are Midas Tavis, and we would be better people, obviously, if we kept them, but they don't have necessarily the status of a mitzvah or an, uh, of an Avera. So what is this halacha of judging people favorably? Is that a mitzvah? Is it an Avera if you don't do it? Or is it like the other things that Perky Avis exhorts us to do? So the Chavetz Chaim goes to great lengths to prove that this is an authentic mitzvah to say, and it's no less than eating matzah, making kiddush and Shabbos, and it's similar to other mitzvahs that we have that give us direction how to live with one another, like tzedakah, beker chaylam, these are all straightforward mitzvahs, which are leisaseis, which are isurim. So he quotes the Rambam in his count of mitzvahs, the Rambam counts this, mitzvah to, uh, to judge favorably. And he quotes other Rishayinim that count mitzvahs. One is the Smag, Sefer Mitzvah's Gadol, or Sefer Mitzvah's Katan. There's two later Rishayinim, they're part of the Taisvis. And they all counted Rabbi Yaina in Shari Tshuva, where he goes through many mitzvahs, he counts this as a mitzvah as well. So it's important to realize, and it's an important thing to think about, that whenever we're faced with a situation of doubt, meaning to say that when what a person did can be looked at in two ways, and we witness something and we're not sure how to look at it, so when we choose to judge favorably, we're being mekayim mitzvahs as say, we're being mekayim mitzvahs, like we just made kiddush, we just benched. Um, and if we don't, it's like we forgot to bench. So it's it's a it's a key mitzvah say if you do it, and it's a bitl mitzvah say if you don't. And also, you know, this is obvious, but it's something we unfortunately tend to overlook: is that the mitzvah, you know, refer, it refers to our friends and our neighbors, and those are always the examples that are given. But it also applies to a husband, to a wife, to children, and that, and parents. <laughs> That's often the hardest place to truly be mekayim 
the mitzvah of a tzedek tishrei to judge people favorably. They're they're Jews and they're entitled to be judged favorably like anybody else, and it's a mitzvah say. Um, and tr- the truth is, uh, the the best way to be mechanach our children in this mitzvah of judging favorably is to employ it towards them, <laughs> to judge them favorably, and to be in a good example of that's and that that's how we uh, that's how we should act. Now, just as all mitzvahs have guidelines, this is no different. And there are times that we are obligated to judge favorably, even stretch our our imagination to the limits in order to justify someone's actions. And there are times that we're not obligated to do so. There are situations when the when it's a mitzvah, and there are times when it's not a mitzvah, but it is uh, it is recommended. It's good mitzvah. So let's try to clarify the guidelines. And the truth is, it's kind of straightforward. Uh, at least the guidelines are straightforward. The application is not so easy. But the guidelines are very straightforward in that, that there are three kinds of people. There's a tzaddik, a benani, and a rasha. Now, a tzaddik means someone that you are confident almost always chooses the right thing to do. Um, and then a benani is someone whose track record is not all that great. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. You know that they're not always making the right choice, decision, and these kind of things. Um, and a rasha is someone that you know doesn't care. He truly doesn't care about this, whatever it is that you think he might be doing. You know that he he would do it, um, or she would do it. So the fourth category actually is somebody you just don't know anything about, a stranger. And that person is actually not included, because since you don't know anything about them, so there is no obligation necessarily to judge them favorably, because who says they're a tzaddik, but it is midas taivis, that is the correct thing to do, to uh, you know to take give every person the the benefit of the doubt. But Typically, the mitzvah of um, the mitzvah, this mitzvah of, of being dan lekapschos is most applicable with the people that we know, uh, whereas usually the case that we won't do it. <laughs> we're more likely to give a stranger the benefit of the doubt than we are to give people that we know and we're close to. They're, then we're most less likely to give the benefit of the doubt, and that's actually where the main mitzvah is by the people that we do know and we know their track record and we know what they typically do. Um, now let, let's examine these three categories. So tzaddikim are people who wouldn't commit this particular sin. That doesn't mean that they're perfect people. Uh, people are complex. But uh, for example, an easy one is like somebody you know who's a shemr shabbos. You know they're a shemr shabbos. You know they keep shabbos, and it's just not something that they have an assign in. Um, and then you go into their house on shabbos, and you see the cell phone on the table, and it's lit up, right? So it was clearly just used. So you are obligated, one hundred percent, were obligated to give that person uh, the benefit of the doubt and understand, realize that probably the cell phone was used for an emergency situation, or a child used the cell phone, or a baby grabbed it, etc. We have that's an, a clear an easy way to understand someone who's a tzaddik, that's an easy uh, application, the person may not be a tzaddik in all aspects, but in this mitzvah you know this is not an assignment for them uh, therefore we're 100% obligated to use our imagination and figure out there must be some way that that cell phone got turned on and that's very easy but it gets difficult when the question becomes personal, like a person uh, insulted us or, in front, or was rude to us or affronted us. That's where it becomes a, 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 considerably more challenging to apply. Uh, for example, you know, you have a good friend that lives somewhere, somewhere else, or, or doesn't, but in any case, you speak to them often, and you give them a phone call and leave a message, and you text them, and you WhatsApp them, and you use every form of communication known to man, and they don't, they're not answering you. 
so it looks like they're ignoring you. You can't seem to understand why in the world would they not reply. Um, and if you know that in the past they've never done that, in the past they always answer you, they never ignore you even if they don't have time to talk. They say, you know, I can't talk now, I'll call you after Shabbos, I'll call you whenever. Um, so in this situation when they didn't, we would be fully obligated to give them the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, something must be going on, and that's why they are not able to answer, or their phone is down, or they lost their phone, whatever. We can use our imagination as best as we can to give them the benefit of the doubt and assume that being that they're a tzaddik and they wouldn't do that to us, uh, they wouldn't, wouldn't uh, insult us even by virtue of ignoring us, therefore it's an obligation to do that. And... Uh, Unique. What's unique about someone who's a tzaddik is that we have to give the benefit of the doubt even if all indications are that the person acted intentionally wrong. We still have to try to figure out a way that that must not be what really happened. Um, let's say using the same kind of idea. Uh, you made up to meet someone, right, a friend, and you were going to meet them wherever, meet them for a coffee. Um, and at the last minute, minute, the friend calls to cancel due to something, an emergency, right? And 20 minutes later, you see them out with another friend, right? So it seems kind of obvious that they cancel due to emergency because they really wanted to spend time with the other person, right? So it's very hard to wrap your head around that one, right? How are you supposed to be down the cops close? But you know the person is a tiny, they don't do that. They wouldn't do that kind of thing, but here they seem to have done that. So we would be obligated to say, hey, the other person must actually be an emergency, the other person must be going something, through something extraordinarily difficult, and they just look like they're shopping, really, they're just walking and schmoozing, and, and, and she's, she's helping her, or whatever. Like, I, you know, you can use whatever, <laughs> uh, whatever your imagination can come up with, but that's all included, that a person who doesn't do this kind of thing, we're obligated to stretch our imagination, even to very unlikely scenarios, even where it looks like it's chayv, it looks like they're doing something wrong to try to um, give them the benefit of the doubt. Now, the next category is a Bainani. A Bainani is someone who tries to do the right thing but uh, doesn't always make the right choice. Um, so, one example, you know, when it comes to Lashon Hara, these are always easy. Uh, someone is, you know, you see someone um, in a classroom, in a classroom setting for for girls like or, or boys, someone is sitting and schmoozing with a friend, they look at you, they laugh, they talk, keep on talking, they look at you, they laugh, and they keep on talking, or anything like that, you know, where you have any kind of reason to think that the person is talking Lashon Hara about you, or you heard some kind of a rumor, or whatever it is that made you think that someone is talking Lashon Hara about you, or you know something was found out about you, and there's no other way that it could have been found out, only if so-and-so said something. And all those above cases, so the person in, in question is abandoning, meaning that you know that Lashon Hara, they, you know, they try, uh, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. They're not always perfect when it comes to Lashon Hara. That's a Benini, someone who cares. They do, they do make an effort, but they don't, aren't always perfect. So a Benini, it depends. That's where they differ than a Tzaddik, which means there is an obligation to give them benefit of the doubt, but only if it is if it is 50-50. So if it's possible, they're doing something possible not. So then you we are obligated to Mitzvah to give them the benefit of the doubt. But by a Benini who does sometimes do the wrong thing, uh, if the indication is it looks like they're doing something wrong and, and everything seems to be pointing in the direction that they did something wrong, uh, you're not obligated in that case to give them the benefit of the doubt. It is good mitis. It's always good mitis to give some of the, somebody the benefit of the doubt, but it's not a mitzvah. And it's a very important distinction. A mitzvah is a mitzvah. A mitzvah is like Kiddush. It's like sitting in the sukkah. It's, 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 a, it's a serious deraisa obligation. Once, uh, by someone who doesn't always do the right thing and it looks like they didn't do the right thing, it really is leaning in that direction, 
We're not obligated anymore. At that point, it's a, it's a question of mitzvahs. Uh, a couple of other, you know, uh, cases of this is that you're at all talking about Jews, right? Someone, you're dealing with someone on the phone, uh, or you're dealing with someone in, in a business, uh, you know, whether like in a, in, a, in, a, in a cafe, in a restaurant, a cashier, and they're getting very impatient with you, very angry at you, so, you know, that's the situation where you can give them benefit of the doubt, who knows what's going through, going, happening to them, what's going on with them. Um, you know, someone who, who pushes you by, by mistake and doesn't apologize. There are all these kind of situations. They're little, they're big, they're small, they're very insulting. They're not so insulting. It doesn't make a difference. And whenever we have a question in our mind, why a person did something and we have to make a judgment call, it's a, we're faced with a question of a mitzvah. If there's someone who doesn't do that kind of thing, we have to use all effort possible to give them the benefit of the doubt. If it's a person who will sometimes do a thing like that, then depends how bad it seems. If it's like very, very clear they did, they did it, they meant it, then we're not obligated anymore at that point. Could be this, but we're not obligated. And this is also, you know, like I said, this is for a spouse, a husband, a wife, and this is for, uh, for children as well. You know, if uh, someone wakes you up in the middle of the night due to being, just not being quiet, talking on the phone loudly, and that's something that the spouse never does, then we have to give them benefit of the doubt. Uh, a child, same thing. A child sometimes does it, sometimes doesn't. It depends how obvious it is that they didn't care. So on and so forth. We, we have this, uh, this obligation of benefit of the doubt with the people of closest, closest and nearest to us, just as we have to people who are not as close. We have to look for ways to to find a positive justification for what they did. And the last category is a is a Russia, and a Russia is someone who you know just doesn't care. They really don't care about it. They will say Lashon Hara without compunction if they find a good reason to say it. They will do other Averis that might be Ben Adam that will insult people, whatever, or it can be Ben Adam Regardless, you see them do something that you know that's just something that they do. So then, there is no... There is no... Um, obligation to to judge them favorably at all um, and even though we typically even good it's good meet us to judge someone favorably uh, we're not required to be naive um, think of this case uh, you know someone always says Lashon Hara right so it doesn't make it they don't care about the ramifications they just don't care they just talk they don't think about it and the person has demonstrated many times that they'll put someone down they'll speak behind their back they'll spread news and this person has seemingly done it again, and, you know, they they had overheard you talking about a shidduch, and then suddenly everybody knows about the shidduch, right? So who could who else could have known and told? You are actually allowed to suspect the person of acting as they always do, and in particular, what, what, what's the difference? The difference is, is that you can take, may, take precautions to avoid the person or avoid having them listen to you, or, you know, and, and you can take actions based on your judgment that they seem to have acted um, improperly because they're a Russia, they don't care. But someone who's a tzaddik, you can't do that. You can't take actions and assume that they did something wrong. On the contrary, you're obligated to assume that what they did was right. Now, it's important about this whole discussion over here, and this is more of a Musar concept, but it's an important thing to think about, is that uh, when when we talk about judging, we're, we're, we're talking about people's actions, and we're trying to say, did they do an Avera, did they do a Mitzvah, did they have a justification, did they not? And that's what this Mitzvah is of B'Tzadik Tishbet This is not at all 
judging the person, meaning to say, judging a person is a very complex thing that only a Kaddish Baruch could do, which means, what's the expectations of this person? Does the person have the right background? Do they have the chanach? Do they know? What are their nisyonos? Though that's a judgment call on the person. The person did something that's an avera, fine. But does that avera, the fact that he did an avera, she did an avera, does that render that person a bad person? Only Hashem has the right to make that call. And that is that goes beyond the question of that is what it says in Perkei you can't judge a person until you're in the exact same situation as him which is understood to be impossible so that is important, an important distinction to make that we can judge a person's actions we can't judge the actual person the actual person that we leave up and we always have faith in them we always uh, hope for them we always uh, try, try, and look, see the best possible in their in their p- own personal potential. <clears throat> Why is it that we should judge at all? Right? Maybe, maybe the the mitzvah should be loitish, but Just stop judging people. Right? Just stop thinking about other people. Think about ourselves. What do we have to think about other people for? But the this is just. It, it's a reality in the Torah. The Torah knows that it's not the way we're built. The built is we see something, we, we immediately in our mind make a decision about it. So that's why the Torah gives us guidelines how to do it. What's the right way to do it? What's the wrong way to do it? When is it a mitzvah? When is it a midas And these distinctions are very, very important. And that is that is the way the Torah judges, works with all Ben al-Mukhver. All Ben al-Mukhver is based on what is the natural uh, inclination of a person, what are the natural character traits of a person, and then the Torah teaches us how to guide them, how to shape them, how to form them, what's right, what's wrong. Torah has quite high expectations, but nevertheless, the expectations are logical and the expectations are fair. Just as here, the B'Tzedek Tishpadam by a Tzadik is one expectation, by a Rasha, any different expectations. That is the, what, the way the Torah understands what we have to do to, to have uh, to have Midas and to, 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 to truly live with the people around us. And the Torah also expects us to make judgment calls on the people around us because we have a certain obligation towards our community. If people are doing the wrong thing, we have to tell them to stop. We have to teach them. We have to see to it that the community knows what's what's right and what's wrong. We can't turn the blind eye. It's part of what it means to be a Jew. We're all responsible for each other. We can't ignore what else, what other people are doing. So it's it's inherent in what in being a Yid to 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 to, to pass judgment and, and know and follow the guidelines. But if someone's doing an Avera, we have to assume they're doing an Avera, then we have to tell them to stop. And we have to or we tell someone who could tell them or find a way to communicate to them that what they're doing is wrong. When that which is another mitzvah, obviously a which hopefully we'll get to as well. And as we started, the reason why this is so important in El is because Chazal say Hadan If we judge a friend then Hashem will judge us favorably as well. And I want to just take another minute, and this will be the Hashkafa portion. What does it mean that Hashem will judge us favorably? Uh, Hashem's just, his judgment is just, right? So whatever we do, we do. Hashem doesn't have any sakis, right? Hashem knows, it's not like us that we don't know what a person's intentions are. Hashem knows what our intentions are. So what does it mean Hashem's going to judge us favorably? Hashem, he knows everything. What is the, where is the favorably and non-favorably? So there's two, um, two pshatim I saw. One is very uplifting, actually, and one is a little scary. So the uplifting one is, uh, is said by a sefer called uh, Machne Chaim. The, the actual sefer is, uh, 
is is it was written by someone named Rukhaim Seifer Zatzal, who lived about 150 years ago, wrote some brilliant svarim, brilliant shuva svarim, uh, brilliant svarim on Zatz Gitin. So he says like this, he quotes an Alshach. The Alshach says a fascinating thing. He says that uh, when you come in front of Hashem, there's going to be a din, there's going to be a cheshbin. So the Alshach explains, this is different shatim, the Alshach explains like this. He says, when a person comes in front of Hashem, Hashem will ask the person, suppose a person did such and such act, and Hashem describes exactly what the act was. They said, Lashon Hara, and this was the situation, and this is what happened, and that everything, the whole around, person did that, what would be the, what do you think we should judge that person? And Hashem doesn't let on that we're talking about you. So Hashem asks you to cast judgment on such a person. So you they'll figure it out and say, okay, well, that person's wrong, the person deserves to get punished, and you give the you, you you pass judgment on that person. And then Hashem lets you know that the person we're talking about is yourself, and then you have to suffer the judgment that you passed upon yourself. That's the cheshbin. The din we make. The cheshbin Hashem then holds us responsible for. So he says that if we are in the practice, if we develop the habit of being dan l'kavzchos, if we have developed the habit of judging favorably, then when faced with this question that Hashem will give us, we will, as our habit is, judge favorably as well, and then that will be applied to us. That's just a, it's a brilliant pshat as well, but it's, a, it's an inspirational pshat. The pshat, it, 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 the, the, the element of it is, is that exactly how we look at other people is how Hashem will make us look at ourselves. And it's an important thing as well. We have to judge ourselves favorably. The Chasim Seifer says something else. And he says that Miriam Hanaviyah said Lashon Hara about Maish Rabbeinu. And, and then the Parshat Baal And as a result, she became a Metzairah. She became struck, stricken with leprosy. And Klai Yisrael, the whole of Klai Yisrael was ready to leave. They had all packed up their bags. And they waited seven days, which was a tremendous covet just so that she should get healed and she could travel with them. And Chazal say it was a it was a reward, it was a merit, it was a schar, because she waited to see what was going to happen to Moshe Rabbeinu when Moshe Rabbeinu was thrown into the Nile River. So the Chazal says like this, he says that Miriam and Avia, when she waited for Moshe Rabbeinu, that schar for that, he said really there's no way it could get paid in this world. It's impossible to have been paid in this world. That's a schar that, that can only be paid in the world to come. However, he says it depends how we would judge that action that she waited for Moshe Rabbeinu. Did she just do it because it was sister, sister, or brother? She had sisterly love. So she wanted to know what was going to happen to him. She cared, so she watched him. Or did she do it because she was a Nevi'ah, she had prophesied he's going to be the savior of Klai Yisrael, and she wanted to be a part of this Kiddush Shem Shemayim, and she wanted to be whatever she could do to make that happen, make that become true, that Moshe Rabbeinu should be the savior of Klai Yisrael, which upon it would be a tremendous act of Kiddush Shem Shemayim, L'Shem Shemayim, and a, a, a wonderful act. As I said, up till this point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu judged her favorably, and assumed that this act was an act of tremendous Kiddush Shem Shemayim. That's why she waited to watch Moshe Rabbeinu, because she wanted the, the, the Nevuah to come true. But once she judged Maishu Rabbeinu unfavorably, she said Lashon Hara about Maishu Rabbeinu, then that was referred back to her as well. Hashem judged that action as it was done because she was a sister. And therefore, the schar then could be repaid in this world. And that's why she got repaid by Klai Yisrael waiting for her seven days. And he says, Chassam Seifer, he says, that's what it means when we say, remember what Hashem did to Miriam. He says, that's, we don't mean the fact that she was stricken with leprosy. We mean this. We mean that we know that this is the way, this is the way Hashem will judge all our actions. If we judge a person unfavorably, we say, which is inherently usually judging someone unfavorably, 
then Hashem will then start judging our actions in that way too, because all of our actions can be understood often with different motivations. There can be good motivations, bad motivations, there can be tremendously holy motivations, and the, the difference is Nesach Nesachim, whether you can repay it in this world, repay it in the next world. So that's what the Chassam Seifer says, that's what it means, that if we down the Kaschos, then HaKadosh Baruch will look through all our actions and find the most favorable intention possible that was there and judge us accordingly. Have a uh, good Shabbat, a good night, and a wonderful Shabbos.